All right, it is unanimous indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and this is episode 100 that we are celebrating here today. That being said, it will probably be a short episode because once again, I'm by myself and, you know, I like to talk, but talking to myself gets a little crazy sometimes. So probably won't go too long. There's also not that much movie news this week, um, but I'll, I'll maybe do a little bit of the reminiscing over the past hundred episodes, um, but I'll also probably save a lot of that for maybe next week or sometime uh, when I'm joined by others. Uh, but yeah, so episode 100, and if this is your first time listening to us, I just want to give you a brief rundown of how, how this thing goes. Uh, so this show, we typically talk for a couple minutes uh, about a movie review, uh, typically a new movie. In this case, we're talking about Luca today, Pixar's latest animated movie. Uh, and then, hey, how's it going? Big gentleman in the chat. Um, uh, we're talking about Luca today and then uh the last i don't know how long it's going to be today but the last bit of the show we're going to recap this past week's movie news um and get into all that stuff a lot of costume reveals from superhero movies mostly dc i should say um but they they're going to be cool to discuss uh otherwise yeah that's today's show but if you didn't know you could find us in audio format apple podcast spotify wherever podcasts are sold for free you can find us there, um, or you can find us live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision if you're listening on audio format. Um, and we do three shows on this this channel. Uh, we do this one where we have a weekly movie review and talk the movie news, uh, which is Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. Um, and then Friday, we do a Loki review of this past week's Loki episode, which just came out today, episode three. We'll be talking on Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then Saturday noon Eastern time, it'll be Bad Batch episode. I think we're on episode nine. Um, who can keep track these days? Uh, Bad Batch episode nine on Saturday. So that'll be fun as well. But let's get into Luca. My thoughts about Luca. Um, also, before I actually get into it, we spoil things on this channel. So uh, there's going to be, it's the kind of conversation you have uh, around the water cooler at work or the lunch tables at school, wherever you talk about movies with friends and family. Uh, this is just, you want to talk about the whole movies, you know? Um, so Luca, Pixar's latest movie that follows fish, mermaids. I don't, I don't know what they are, uh, but they turn human when they leave the water, when they dry off. Um, and so it follows this young boy as he's kind of, you know, discovering the world outside of the ocean. And I got to tell you, it was such a wholesome movie. I felt like, like I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not like, <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, I don't know, revolutionary the way like the Incredibles was or cars was, um, and it wasn't necessarily so emotional that like soul was or toy story. That being said, um, I just felt like it was really wholesome. Um, it was just about this boy who, you know, is trying to figure some things out. He meets another friend, uh, of the ocean, um, who's been, had a little bit more experience outside the land, but like the, the, the way the characters behaved in this, I just felt like. They're such real people, despite them being fish, I guess. But they, <laughs> they're such real people in, in the sense that, like, 
his friend Alberto, uh, he, we, we've all known this person, right? We've all known this person, this person that feels the need to maybe make up stuff or exaggerates stuff about like their own knowledge. And they, they feel the need. They have to like pretend to know more than maybe they actually do. They, they need to be the expert on things because they're, they're trying to be liked and whatnot. Um, and in Alberto's case, and is a lot of times the cases that this kind of person is looking for validation uh, because they don't necessarily get it in their life. And I felt that that was such a secondary character to Luca. The entire film focuses on Luca, but you have all of this subtext throughout the film that follows Alberto and his kind of tragic story that's not totally delved into, but is very obviously there. And it's one of those things I think we we talk about what makes some of Pixar's movies, but what makes certain kids' movies so much better than a lot of other kids' movies. And I feel like it was completely the Alberto character because Alberto, I don't know if Alberto is the kind of character that like young kids pick up on. They're just like, oh, he's kind of goofy. He's a know-it-all. Like, yeah, he he knows it all, but then he actually doesn't. And he's kind of just making it up as go along, just like everybody else. But the the aspect of the tragic story, I feel like it's one of those moments that when you go back and you watch Luca 10 years, okay, you watch it when you're eight or something, but then you go back and watch it 10 years later when you're 18 and you're rewatching the movie and you're like, oh my gosh, Alberto's story is like so tragic, but it's so, it, it ends in such a happy place by the end. And it's, it's so sweet um, and wholesome, like I said, but like it, yeah, that that character I felt like was was very powerful in the film as the secondary character, which I thought was incredible. Uh, that they gave it so much depth, but uh, but Luca um, eventually is trying to figure things out, and you know you get the classic kid story running away from home, um, and, and that's where it kind of falls into a little bit of tropiness for me, um, which is fine. I mean. I, I enjoy these kinds of movies. Kid runs away from home, discovers the world kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and, you know, saves a town kind of thing uh, from the, the neighborhood bully. Uh, and, and there's a lot of layers to it. Cause like the entire town in Italy, I don't remember the name of it. If they had had, Oh wait, it starts with P uh, I'm going to mispronounce it even if I try. So I won't do it. Uh, but they, this town th thrives on a fish diet. So they're constantly hunting fish and there's a legend about these sea monsters, which of course are real. And Luca is one of them. Right. Um, and so he's pretending to be human and live amongst them for a few weeks or days. I don't know how long it is. I think it was, I think it was like a week or two. Cause there's a whole lead up to this contest, this triathlon, which involves swimming. Right. Um, and so a lot of layers to that. And then, um, the, 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 the three character dynamic, which is done so frequently, I think in movies, um, I think it's done very well here with Luca Alberto and, uh, I <laughs> forget her actual name. I'm just thinking of what the bully calls her, which is mean, um, Julia. Uh, 
the the three of them they they start on it's start off on such like a high beat but then like two of them have a moment together that the third one maybe feels a little ostracized and so there's a little bit of jealousy and it's just like it shows a lot of i don't know just real life personality that's just very real um i almost felt like out of all of Pixar's films, this one captures like human relationships, possibly the best. Like that's what this one's thing is. If every Pixar film has a thing, um, like soul is about the afterlife, for instance. Um, but yeah, Luca to me is just completely about interpersonal relationships. I mean, and, and assumptions and lack of communication. I mean, the, the relationship between Luca and his parents is, is phenomenal. I mean, his, his mom's like, oh, in order to protect you from going outside the water, we're going to send you to the deepest part of the water where there's like horrifying things going on there. <laughs> and so it's like, now, yes, for a fish, it might be safer in the deep than on land, maybe. Um, but it, and it's one of those things that like our parents do for us that to protect us that we don't fully understand. And sometimes we get angry about, but also it's sometimes our parents lack of understanding that, Hey, sometimes we also need to figure it out. Like you can keep, you can keep telling your child, Hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. But the child may not fully understand until they go do it themselves. And yeah, I mean, it's horrible, right? Like ideally you want to protect your child from burning their hand from, from stepping into onto dry land where all these fish hunters are, these fishermen are fish hunters, a new profession. Uh, I guess whale, I shouldn't say whale hunting, but like, you know, Moby Dick kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, and so like you, you get the sense of that level of protection, but at the same time, some, sometimes the kid needs to learn on their own. And that that's kind of the relationship this, this movie captures. Um, and it's so great because it's, it, it really shows that like the, his parents aren't sending him to the deep because like they don't love him. They're, they're trying to be sure overprotective, but like they're, they're trying to make his life miserable. No, because the moment, he leaves the water. It's not like they're too scared of land to, to go save him. No, it's, it's all about love for them. Their love of their son and they go look for him. And there's some great comedic moments. Um, I honestly think some of the most comedic moments surrounded Luca's mom, uh, trying to find Luca. She's like nearly drowning all the kids in town, <laughs> trying to find who turns into a fish. Um, and so that stuff was great. Um, I'm trying to think what other interpersonal relationships were great. Uh, Alberto with Julia's dad. Um, Narcole was the the bully. Massimo, I think it was. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but I think that's correct. Uh, yeah, Massimo. Uh, Alberto with him, because like, here's a guy who was born with one arm, but he's completely made a living his own kind of thing. He's a, he's a very well-established member of the community. Um, he's one of the best. Everyone thinks if anyone's going to get the sea monsters, it's going to be him because he's so capable. 
and he's just completely created this whole life for himself. Um, and but he's divorced, so there's a little bit of I don't know sadness to his life, uh, maybe a couple holes in his heart kind of thing. Um, and so he he's constantly because Alberto's job is to eat, and Massimo's the one cooking the food. Uh, the two of them spend a lot of time together at first, just out of circumstance. Um, I should clarify the triathlon isn't a normal triathlon. It was swimming, biking, and eating, eating pasta, of course. Um, and so Alberto's going to be the person to eat the pasta. And so he spends a lot of time with Massimo and so much time that Massimo teaches him pretty much like all there is about like fishing. But at the same time, like, and the first time they go out, like Alberto, I, I thought this was kind of weird, uh, but like <laughs> Alberto and Luca point out an area where fish are to Massimo. And I was like, wait, your whole job underwater is to protect fish from fishermen. And like, yeah, I mean, if you're undercover, you're doing a great job because you just sold out all of you're the shepherd that sold all his sheep like uh you're you're doing a great job undercover you're not you really aren't planning on going back home okay very committed uh to running away sounds good um and so like that whole relationship that ends up and the the apex of that relationship at the very end i was very surprised i i didn't think this movie was like that emotional i should say like everyone says like pixar's the the animated movie studio that knows how to make anyone cry and for the most part i think that's true but i wasn't expecting that i gotta tell you i was like 20 minutes from the end and i was just like yeah this is a fine movie but then in like the the i wouldn't even say the climactic moment but but in the final resolution of the film uh what alberto does for luca and then their conversation it was like such a story of brotherly love that like, I don't know that they're just willing to do anything for each other. And then Alberta was okay. Not knowing things, you know, like letting his new best friend Luca go and, and then he'd stay around and help Massimo. And I, it was just like really wholesome that he maybe was looking for, you know, a reliable father figure and Massimo Julia only visits his daughter. Julia only visits. I don't know. I don't remember what they said every so often. Um, and so like, yeah, being divorced and your child only visits half the time and he's clearly a pretty decent guy. Um, and so he, I'm sure he gets a little lonely and that's cool that Alberto and him can, can start that kind of surrogate father son relationship. Uh, and it's cool to see that in a child's movie, like, you know, Pixar movies are for kids is what they say. Right. But not really. Um, and then uh, there, there's a couple of moments in this movie. Super funny. Uh, grandma. Had, I, I just remember laughing just completely out loud during one scene where she's asleep. It, it was so funny. Um trying to think what else running running the story back through my mind um it became very interesting towards the end uh it's it was not a typical 
third act, I guess. Like like the third act started typical, but then the way it ended was very different to me. It was very unique. Uh, it started out, like I said, you have your group of three characters and there's a little uh, tension there. And so, of course, as you begin the third act, they have to have a falling out so that in the final moments, they can all come together and win the day, right? That's the typical story you get told. And that sort of happens, but in the most unusual way. Uh, <laughs> so what ends up happening is uh, Alberto decides he doesn't want to compete. And then Luca and Julia are like, okay, well, then there's just the two of us. But then Luca's like, because he's figuring out, hey, if the whole reason Alberto left is because he's jealous of Julia and Mai's friendship. And he does want Alberto's friendship back. He, he does want that. Um, and so he kind of sabotages his other friendship in order to get it back. Um, and so decides that both him and Julia should, instead of competing as two people in three events, they decide to compete completely individually. Um, which, you know, doesn't sound great with swimming, pasta eating, and um, cycling at the end, cycling up this like huge mountain. Uh, doesn't seem like a great combo. Um, and so they're all going, but like at the same time, Julia and Luca are encouraging each other. And, and the whole reason Luca decides to split off is because if he wins, you know, him and Alberto can keep going on their journey. Um, but, uh, of course, Alberto does come back and, but it comes back in kind of like the very, the very apex of the climax kind of thing. <laughs> like that's the climactic moment is him, him coming back. It's not him coming back. Okay. We have a chance to win. Um, and he just goes into this big contentious moment, um, uh, where, you know, of course, if you have a fish out of water story, literally, you eventually have to reveal that the person is a fish. Uh, so, of course, that's the climax. But uh, so, so there are things that I think were predictable about the movie. But overall, I, I think it was just super wholesome, and the character relationships I thought were not surface level; they're very deep. Um, even though like some of the moments are, are a little goofy and simple sometimes, but the, the character relationships that get established are just very, very real to me. I don't know. I, I the movie spoke to me, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, what I thought of Luca. Uh, that's my review. I, I think anyone that finds flaws with this movie, the, the one thing they'll have to contend on is that this movie nailed interpersonal relationships. That, that's my thing. But uh, yes, yeah, so this is the part of the show where I'm going to move on to talking about this past week's movie news. Again, there's not too much, so I don't know how long we're going to go. Um, but if you have any comments, questions about anything we are talking about, feel free to throw it in the chat. That's why it's there. Uh, but before I get into that, I just want to remind everyone to rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever the heck it's called. Um wherever you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are sold for free. Also, definitely hit that follow button on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision or like or and like the Facebook page, join the Facebook group, unanimous indecision. It's all spelled the same way 
sometimes uh very confusing i know but um yeah it's all there and then you'll be notified whenever we post a new episode i mean we've been doing this for a while episode 100 we're here uh but let's jump into the movie news uh i was pretty shocked about this i mean this something i guess i should say i expected it to happen earlier but the way this is worded uh it is a little unusual to me um so disney plus has decided that so previously let, let me give you some background um disney plus released the mandalorian season one season two released clone Wars season seven a lot of their premiere shows they premiere premiere shows premiere on fridays that's what they do they, they premiere them thursday at midnight so friday um, and then that's what they're there. Um, this past, uh, three weeks now, I guess, uh, since Loki started because they have two shows running concurrently. A lot of people were wondering, are they going to release, um, both bad batch, a star Wars show and Loki, an MCU show, therefore premiere shows, big franchises. Are they going to release both of them on Fridays? That, that seems a little like, um, even with just two shows, it's a little cluttered. I mean, you have the whole week. And you're going to release both of them on the same day. And Disney Plus, um, a few weeks before Loki came out, uh, said, no, that's not what we're going to do. Um, and they said Loki would be released on Wednesdays. Okay, that's fine. Um, I actually thought they would have switched it around. But I guess since Bad Batch was already going on Fridays, Loki, they could just start fresh on Wednesdays. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, the news comes after Loki, which shifted its premiere from Friday, June 11th to Wednesday, June 9th, and became the streamer's most watched series premiere. We talked about that, uh, I think last week, and how it outdid Falcon and the Winter Soldier by about a hundred thousand. I think a hundred thousand more people watched it opening premiere day. Like, you have the whole week to catch up before the next episode gets out, and some 900,000 people watched it that first day, which is pretty good for television. And I'm pretty sure it's very good for streaming television. Um, and because it is like network TV numbers, uh, borderlining, I think network TV really strives for as long as you're like over that 1 million marker, you're, you're in a good spot. Um, depending on what network you're on. Um, but they're deciding that all Disney Plus original series from now on will premiere on Wednesdays, and this will start in July and affect all global original series, such as the premiere dates uh, for the original series, um, the Monsters, Inc. spinoff called Monsters at Work. Um, I didn't realize that was already coming out this soon. That, that'll be fun. Um so instead of July 2nd, it'll be released July 7th. And uh, Turner and Hooch is moving from July 16th to July 21st, amongst others. Those are just some of the soon the, the upcoming ones in this next month or so, next two, three weeks. Now I'm curious about some July 7th, I believe. Because again, talking about the Bad Batch and... Um, Loki not premiering on the same day. I just want to verify Loki's last episode. 
Loki's last, yeah. So Loki's second to last episode is July seventh. So they will have two shows that day. Um, I don't know it necessarily if Monsters at Work is a premiere show. I mean, I'll definitely check it out. I love the Monsters Inc. movies. Um, I mean, Monsters Inc. One is like flawless, and Monsters University is tons of fun. So who can complain? Um, so I'll definitely check out Monsters at Work. Um, but yeah, so that's coming out July 7th, the same day as Loki episode five. So that's interesting. Um, the shift is designed to accommodate the increased volume of original content on Disney plus. I don't know if I agree with that sentence, because if they're shifting everything to Wednesday, it doesn't really accommodate all of the content. You really just need to distribute it, not shift everything. Everything initially was on Friday. You distribute it to Friday and Wednesday, and now you've moved everything to Wednesday. So you've now kind of consolidated it, even though you should be continuing to distribute it throughout the week. Ideally, you have like a new a new episode of something premiere coming out every day, and then you're in the news every day. That's wonderful, you know. Um, including Mandalorian and other Star Wars Marvel TV series Wednesdays. Uh, original movies, however, will continue to bow out on Fridays. Um, I think that's reasonable. I, I'm a little bit surprised they wouldn't move it to Thursday. Well, I guess it's already Thursday at midnight. Um, yeah, but like, you know how the Thursday midnight premiere has now turned into the, the 6 p.m. premiere, right? Um, I think I can get Black Widow tickets right now. It's the earliest showing I've ever seen. That's not an that's not a pre-screening. Um, is Thursday at five p.m. So so it's even one hour than the the claim I always make is the the six p.m. premiere. Now it's five p.m. <laughs> Eventually it'll be Wednesday. It, it's like Black Friday, you know. Everyone keeps pushing it earlier and earlier. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised they don't want to drop it Thursday night. Um. But uh, I guess their movies don't have as big of an issue as their TV series. Um, the, I wonder also if another impact of this, uh, or not impact, but influencing factor of this um, is the issue that a lot of people were having, definitely with The Mandalorian. I don't know if it's still happening. And I think it also happened with WandaVision, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier too. Um but the issue is they released Thursday at midnight and they were having uh, server problems right at midnight because there were so many people trying to access the show at the same time. So they were having a lot of trouble getting it out to everyone at the same time uh, and having outages. So I wonder if putting it earlier in the week, I wonder if they learned that, hey, Loki is getting higher premiere numbers, but I wonder if it's more distributed. Um, because I know a ton of people that watch Loki and none of us stay up to watch it at midnight. We all watch it Wednesday day of, which means we're not part of that big cluster. That's that first wave of people trying to get access to the show. So maybe Wednesday's a better day, but people are more likely to stay more willing to stay up Thursday night rather than in this case, Tuesday night. I wonder if that has an impact. Um, and then the fact that, Okay, so people don't stay up for it. They don't watch it in the first 20 minutes, but you still get more people watching it. So I don't know. Uh, it, if that's true, I feel like that's the best of both worlds uh, for Disney+. Plus. And maybe that's why such a dramatic shift to shift everything. Um, I'm trying to see what else is in this article. 
Um, oh, it also comments that uh, like Luca just came out on. Uh, oh, I wonder if. Well, but this was before Luca came out, right? Let me, let me see the day of this article, June sixteenth. Okay, maybe they just didn't plan ahead, and and they realized this this kind of weird. Um, and I guess it's been happening for a while. I mean, Cruella, Luca, uh, Ryan, the Last Dragon, I think had to compete against them, but uh they're releasing an original movie on the same day as their original premiere show that would be like it's not exactly like this but it could be <laughs> uh, i mean it's for the same reason that the bad batch and loki one's on friday one's on wednesday it's that exact same reason but now with a disney animation movie with movies now uh you wouldn't release a star wars movie and an mcu movie the same weekend it's not worth it. It's a stupid financial business decision because you're splitting both. You're splitting your ticket stubs. Yes. Will most people probably see both? Sure. But you could put them in an isolation market to where they're the, I don't want to say the only thing good to see, but the only big budget movie to see. Uh, and if that's true, they'll, maybe go on these like uh, Avengers in game went on like a 15 week run, maybe longer, which is pretty good. Anything over 12 is really solid. Um, and so, uh, but event that was in isolation. Imagine now if you release Avengers in game and well, rise of Skywalker didn't have the best. Uh, I think it was out in two months. I want to say maybe it held on for the third. Um, but you, you don't want to release two long two movies. You want to have long uh, runs in theaters at the same time. So it's kind of the same concept on Disney Plus that you don't want everyone logging onto your service on the same day for two different things because you split your viewership. Um, let's see what else is there. Oh, some of the other upcoming series that are soon uh, behind the attraction. I think that's one of their docu-series about uh, Disneyland theme parks. Um, that's moved from July 16th to July 21st, just like Turner and Hooch. Chippendale Park Life. I didn't know it was called that. Uh, July 23rd to July 28th. Turning the Tables with Robin Roberts. Uh, July 30th to July 28th. The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. Batch 2? But that's not capitalized, so I don't think it's part of the title. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's the second half of the season. I, I don't know. July 30th to July 28th. Growing Up Animal, August 20th to August 18th. Short Circuit Season 2 from July 30th to August 4th. Not going to lie, I hadn't heard about a lot of those last ones. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of that first article i i think it's really interesting i think there's going to be a shift again um there is also the discussion that this article from the hollywood reporter brings up that uh netflix releases all of their stuff on fridays friday's their big drop date so maybe disney plus doesn't want to compete with them on fridays that's reasonable um it's the same reason um i mean there's some upcoming films but to talk about a past series of films uh, th this was a crazy one to me that I remember so vividly is Captain America Civil War and Batman v Superman were supposed to come out on the same exact weekend. That's crazy because we're not just talking, oh, wow, a Marvel movie and a DC movie coming out. Oh, wow. 
don't forget Marvel and DC have other products. So, oh, wow, two superhero movies coming out on the same day. No, it's so many more levels above that, so much to the fact of two superhero movies that pit superheroes against each other coming out on the exact same day and the most iconic superheroes. Um, it, I mean, the Civil War was basically branding itself and was Captain America versus Iron Man going up against Batman versus Superman that same box office weekend. And what ended up happening is DC decided to move Batman v Superman, I think two or three months um, so that it would have a better release window with less competition or maybe just different competition um, that wasn't necessarily in the same ballpark. Um, but I think uh, Disney plus is going to end up having to make another announcement. Yeah. They just moved everything to Wednesdays. I think maybe in a, in a year I'll, I'll make, give a conservative estimate. Um, in a year, they'll make another announcement saying, Hey, some things are coming out these days and some things are coming out those days. Um, because they are going to be cranking out Marvel shows and star Wars shows. And like I said, they're not going to want to release those on the same days on top of having movies being released. And so like they, they're going to have to really distribute throughout the week if they don't want to have overlapping releases. I mean, if they do, that's fine, but I already talked about some of the hesitations one might have of doing that. Uh, so let's move on to the next story. Um, this next story is, I'm actually going to skip ahead uh, because I should have put this next. The Snake Eyes trailer. We got a teaser about a month ago or something. Uh, this time we got a full trailer and it looks cool. The Snake Eyes movie looks pretty cool. Um, we get a lot more story moments, a lot more of the the kind of a uh, first few scenes of the movie where, where we're picking up with this character. I don't know anything about like, I guess GI Joe's originally a comic book, right? And then it's a toy. It's something like that. Maybe it's vice versa. Um, and it was a show, I think. Yeah. Um, so I don't know any of that stuff. I only know, uh, the two GI Joe movies we got in the early two thousands. Uh, and they're fine. I enjoyed them. They're, they're action movies and you sit me down in front of an action movie and I'll probably like it more or less. Uh, so like snake eyes though was one, maybe not my favorite character, but maybe number two, um, in that movie, but you know, you don't learn a ton about him. I think you learn a more about him in the second film. And so that was the only like backstory I knew about the character. Well, this story is completely different than that. <laughs> Cause in those GI Joe movies, he was like a kid when he gets, um, and he's like a thief or something. He, he's a petty thief. And then he gets caught by one of these ninjas and gets joins. The, uh, what, I don't know what they're called, but, um, this ninja clan and learns everything. And he is a best friend who ends up, uh, I guess, betraying him and, uh, you know, things go sideways and you have this great rivalry between these two ninjas. Um, and it's cool. Uh, but it starts at like a very early age. Like they're, they're like 10 or something. This he's clearly like 25 or something. Um, he's got a job. He works for some mafia. It's great. You know, um, decides not to kill the guy 
and the guy happens to be a ninja. Um, and so they get out of there. He takes him to his home with all the other ninjas and he learns to become a ninja. Um, I'm expecting, I guess he'll him to take the vow of silence at the end of the movie. That being said, the vow of silence was something that I thought was like the coolest aspect of the character is it's like John wick. John wick doesn't talk that much. And that's something I think is really cool about the character is he's the best in the room at what he does and he doesn't talk about it too much. Sometimes depending on who it is, he'll talk about it. He'll, he'll give some banter, but for the most part, he's just doing the job and snake eyes taking about silence and he's just cutting through people like that. That's something that I always thought was so cool as a kid. Um, but in this, you know, he's, he's talking quite a bit. <laughs> no vow of silence in the first act, at least. Well, we'll see what happens in the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I still I still think it looks good. I think it might fall into that realm of movies that I talk about quite frequently of uh, the Star Trek into darkness or um, World War Z is the other one that we were talking about a couple weeks ago that like if you just change the name of the title or characters, then it's probably a great movie. But because it has this baggage of Snake Eyes' story, I worry that a lot of people are just going to be like, well, this isn't really Snake Eyes and whatnot. Now, if you called it anything else, it would be fine. It'd be fine. Um, but... Uh, because it is Snake Eyes, and this is the story you're telling. It's it, I feel like it might rub a lot of people the wrong way because I think very frequently in talking to people, uh, some people don't necessarily distinguish good story from accurate story kind of thing. Uh, for example, I initially, even myself, uh, initially when I watched Cruella, I walked out of it and I was like, I don't think I liked that. I don't think I liked Cruella because it didn't feel like it was the Cruella I knew. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, but it was a good movie. It was enjoyable. Um, there are a lot of moments that were interesting to the story. Um, and I had a lot more fun in the movie than I expected, but it still does have that negative thing in my mind that like, I don't know if it is super accurate to Cruella's story. And so it's like, but okay, but that doesn't, stop me from having a good time watching the movie you know um i i'm a, an apologist for star trek into darkness i think it's a good film i think it's a good film now i think they should have changed the name of benedict cumberbatch's characters it sh he should not have been con he shouldn't have they should have named it someone else in fact he had a different name for like the first half of the movie and they should have just left it that way and i think at worst, people would have thought it's a mediocre Star Trek movie, but there's a lot of mediocre Star Trek movies, so it would have been fine. So that it, it's one of those things that uh, I worry for uh, the Snake Eyes based on this trailer. I mean, tra trailers only give you two minutes anyways. I'm still going to watch it. It's an action movie. It's got ninjas. Can't complain. Um. Moving on to the DC world, uh, we got a ton of images of things. Um, so the Flash, 
uh, Flash entered production finally a few few weeks ago, and we got some set photos of Michael Keaton on set. You know, he, he was the will he, will they or won't they? Michael Keaton in the Flash movie, will he be there as uh, Batman? Uh, from the Tim Burton Batman movies, will will he return? And he does. Um, and we see some photos of him uh, with the Bruce Wayne haircut. Um, and he he's walking up steps of I'm assuming what might be like the city hall or something. Uh, or maybe it's the since it's the Flash, it could be the CCPD, Central City Police Department. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it's got Bruce Wayne right there, and he's got a fresh cut, looks good. Um, and there's even an image uh, of him. It, it looks like walking up to Ezra Miller, both out of costume. So maybe they don't, maybe it's one of those moments that, like, maybe this is before the Flashpoint arc. Um, and so everything's still quote unquote normal, if you can ever say that about the DC universe. Uh, and so maybe they bump into each other, Ezra Miller and Bruce Wayne, before the Flash Point stuff goes crazy. Um, well, no, I guess it has to be after because, yeah, I don't know. It it all depends on. <sighs> it's weird. I don't exactly know what Flash Point story they're telling. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I guess this Flash already does have Ben Affleck, Batman. And so to, for him to meet another Bruce Wayne would be quite startling, I think. Um, now we'll have to wait and see, uh, I guess, what the story is they're telling. It seems super interesting. I'm excited for this movie to eventually come out. It's kind of the new mutants of the DC universe a little bit. Um, that it's like definitely eventually going to happen, but new mutants took so long, you know. Um, we also get some images of Supergirl. Um, and I think the costume looks pretty good. Um, it's a little, it's got a lot more red than I was expecting, but I, I think the costume looks good. Um, it looks fine. Uh, it, it also is using the very similar S, um, the, the Kal-El or the house of L symbol, uh, that, uh, Henry Cavill used for Man of Steel. It looks like the same exact S. Um, so that is cool. But yeah, uh, so we got those images. And then additionally to that, uh, Shazam 2 dropped some images. Um, the first image they dropped was the Shazam family, their new costumes. And I got to tell you, I can't give enough praise to these new costumes and it might be because they set the bar so low in the first movie. The first movie, one of my biggest complaints out of the whole movie was the costumes. The, the super suits I thought looked like garbage. They looked like uh, morph suits. They, they, they looked like at home crafts projects. They didn't look like suits from, hundred million dollar movies that these aren't the super suits from a, the DC, you know, the biggest, the second biggest superhero movie studio, you know, <laughs> uh, they, these weren't those costumes. They looked goofy. They looked cartoonish. They were weird. 
And the, it's not because like, oh, well, they were accurate. No, 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 It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the lack of textures, the lack of depth to them, the lack of detail. Um, and you know that because the Shazam 2 photo gives some comic book accurate costumes to the Shazam family uh, for the most part. And it, they're almost the exact same costumes, but the lightning bolt looks much sharper um, rather than just this triangle piece that looks taped to uh, to their chest. Uh, now it actually has a jagged lightning bolt and their suit has texture to it. You know, it's not just a morph suit. Um, and there's even secondary colors in it. It's not just a standardized hex code for Hot Rod Red. Now you have Hot Rod Red and maybe a little bit of a darker red to accent it. Um, and you got several layers to the boots now. Like, I don't know. I, I just can't give enough praise to these new costumes because they're so much better than the old ones. My one comment is I really thought, um, I forget what the character's name is, but the, the one that becomes the green Shazam, I really thought his suit was black. And I was like, wait, that's not Black Adam, though, because it's obviously it's Dwayne Johnson and Dwayne Johnson's very recognizable. This man is not Dwayne Johnson. Um, and I was like, he's black, but no, it's just a very, very dark green. I hope they make it a little bit brighter uh, in the movie, because I do think <laughs> I do think the, the colors they chose, they chose a very dark blue, a very dark purple uh for these costumes, they darkened the reds quite a bit. Uh, so I think like they, the costumes of this Shazam two movie do risk that really big complaint that people have had about this last, uh, five years of DC movies, which is they're not even necessarily tonally dark movies, which sure a lot of them are, um, but they're visually dark movies. Uh, Superman's costume is a very dark blue. It is not the the standard uh, royal blue that we were used to from the old Superman movies uh, or TV shows. Like it's not royal blue; it is very deep blue, and the the red and yellow of the S are very dark hues. Um, that's kind of the way these Shazam costumes feel: is they're very dark hues of the these colors that were so vibrant in that first movie, and maybe that means the story is going to be a little darker. I don't know. Um, the other image we get is Helen Mirren as Hespera, a character I'm not too fond, too aware of, I should say. <laughs> I don't know if I'm fond of the character or not, but um, not too aware of the character. Um, but she's got a nice crown. She seems like she's in charge. Uh, um, and so I, I'm excited for this movie, though. Uh, I enjoyed Shazam 1. I don't think enough people saw it. But uh, I thought that was a wholesome story, uh, very enjoyable. And so I'm excited with these, these the latest costumes. They, they look great, in my opinion. Um, and I think Hawkman's also supposed to be in that movie. Um, so that, that movie is really getting things going on. This is a fun story that I think crops up every like so often. Uh, Harrison Ford injured himself yet again. 
<laughs> and no, he was not flying an airplane, um, but he injured himself on the set of Indiana Jones 5. Um, it doesn't sound too serious, but the, the statement that was released is in the course of rehearsing for a fight scene, Harrison Ford sustained an injury involving his shoulder. Production will continue while the appropriate course of treatment is evaluated and the filming schedule will be reconfigured as needed in the coming weeks. No, that doesn't mean his role is getting reduced in his own movie. What it does mean is it's the same thing that happened when Robert Pattinson contra contracted COVID and Batman didn't stop production and everyone was like, what's going on? Uh, well, the thing is, Batman's not in every scene. Indiana Jones isn't in every scene of his movie. He's not in every scene. And so you could go film some of those other scenes that he's not in if you have the sets built. Uh, you can go film those now because, you know, in most cases, movies aren't filmed in order. So uh, you can you can figure all that out. So they can wait for his shoulder to heal up or they can film less taxing scenes um, where his shoulder maybe doesn't matter. Uh, remember Tom Cruise injured his, he like broke two ribs or something doing that one jump in Fallout, and, in Mission Impossible Fallout, and they didn't stop production. They were still making the movie because not every scene has him in it. Uh, so they can do a lot of the other things in the movie or, or just less intensive scenes. Now, my bigger question is why was Harrison Ford rehearsing for a fight scene? He's what? 78 years old. Um, and like, I don't think anyone was expecting him to do his own fighting in this movie. Uh, so why was he, don't they have a stunt double? Why, why was he, rehearsing for the fight scene very weird to me um funny enough uh the another time he injured himself recently um was reprising another one of his old roles which was in star wars the force awakens apparently he injured his ankle um thanks to a mal malfunctioning hydraulic door on the millennium falcon um i didn't know that but uh yeah, and so he he's injured himself yet again, his shoulder this time. But uh, they 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 say in this article that they're ensuring that his stunt work isn't too strenuous. I'm surprised he has any stunt work, you know. Uh, but it's great, it's great. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff of him talking about it that he's like, hey, we we're not just doing this for fun. That we do really want to tell a good story, and so I think that's what everyone's hoping for because. Indiana Jones is one of those great characters uh, of the movies, you know, one of the most iconic. Um, definitely, like, uh, I think, like, the definition of iconic characters almost goes to, like, the silhouette rule. If you can recognize their silhouette, I forget what the word is for that, but, uh, like, there's Darth Vader you can recognize the silhouette of, but Indiana Jones is one of those characters that you could see just his shadow and know who it is. Um, next up Transformers and they call this the seventh Transformers film which hold on give me a moment I need to count there's Transformers then there's Revenge of the Fallen Dark Moon Dark of the Moon Dark Moon Dark of the Moon I think it was um, Ex Age of Extinction okay and then Last Night and then Bumblebee 6 Okay, and this will be seven. 
okay, even though I thought Bumblebee was a reboot, I don't know what this is, but uh, Stephen Capel Jr. and Lorenzo Di Bonaventura uh, tease new characters and the title. The title of the seventh Transformers movie will be Rise of the Beasts. Is that just Age of Extinction again? I don't know. It kind of sounds like the opposite of Age of Extinction. Rise of the Beasts, Age of Extinction. What was about dinosaurs? Um, but uh, they also announced the two stars of the movie will be Anthony Ramos, um, which is a name that might be familiar to some people. He's in the movie In the Heights, which is in theaters right now. Uh, I think it's on HBO Max. Um, and Dominique Fishback. Um, and they were talking a little bit about the film. Um, so let's see. They're, they're also looking to expand the big screen world of Transformers beyond the familiar. So, you know, Transformers has already done a lot of things. I, I don't know if anything is considered familiar to Transformers anymore, but they will be presenting a clash between different tribes of alien robots. Isn't that just what the first one's about, right? I mean, Autobots, Decepticons, Tribes, I guess there'll be more. One of those breeds referenced in the title is known as Beast Wars. Wait, like one of the tribes is called Beast Wars? That doesn't really sound like a war with other tribes. It just sounds like their own tribe is fighting itself. In their disguise, they take on animal forms. What the heck? Uh, so in our film, they're, they're these prehistoric animals that travel through time and space, and we find them here on Earth. I'm on board. It's crazy. Um, so, okay, here we go. In the upcoming film, we'll see the Beast War robots go to war with their natural enemies, the predacons is that prehistoric i don't know so the beast wars versus the predacons sure cool way different probably i'd wonder if there will even be a cameo of uh anything the terracons will present another new threat that um saving the world will be left up to the autobots Dude, what are these sentences? This is made up. <laughs> I mean, everything's made up, right? That, uh, all words are made up. Uh, in the upcoming film, we'll see the Beast War robots go to war with their natural enemies, the Predacons. The Terracons will present another new threat. Saving the world will be left up to the Autobots and the Maximals. What am I even talking about anymore? Like... <laughs> Um, okay, so the Predacons in our film are more reptilian in nature. I don't know. Maybe this is all stuff from Transformers comics. I'm sure it is. Uh, it's one of those things that Transformers comics is so deep that uh, I'm sure they do have all this craziness. But the Predacons will be more reptilian in nature. We've seen uh, a few in other Transformers films, uh, but we'll see a whole nother side of them. I think we see them working with the Decepticons in Revenge of the Fallen. I think there's like that one thin robot and he's working with like leopards that are Decepticons or something like that. And so I think we've seen a little bit of this, but 
It sounds like we're getting a whole lot more. It's going to be crazy. You're going to see villains you've never seen, Autobots you've never seen, elements we've never done. One of the driving decisions along the way is, have we done that before, whether that's an action scene or a character? Now, that's a little worrisome, right? If that's the driving factor, that's like, we just want to be new. If the only reason you're making the movie is you just want to be new, well, anyone can do that. And nine times out of ten, you'll make a terrible movie. That being said, if you're taking Transformers movies, not a high bar to beat. You know, you could probably be a mediocre movie and be maybe second or third best Transformers movie, <laughs> right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried that they're maybe they're doing too much new stuff that it's just going to be ridiculous and bad similar the way last night was well last night is horrible uh, <laughs> and it's funny because like I'll, I'll watch age of extinction i think that one's watchable last night is rough it's weird um uh dominique fishback says that she's playing uh an intelligent artifact researcher who works at a museum i guess that's kind of going to be similar to the um the the, the all spark right that we got in the first movie kind of thing fill in that knowledgeable role um she's trying to get a leg up in life but her boss keeps taking credit for the work she's done so she's trying to move on her own yep that's a transformers movie that's very like <laughs> that's like the elevator pitch for the character for sure i appreciate that um it's like your motivation for the scene. Um, Anthony Ramos's character, he's all about taking care of the people he loves. He comes from a lower income home. So Noah will be the name of the character. Noah's always hustling. He's a military vet. Uh, that's cool. I'm excited for that. Um, I, I think that's the moments I get. I really like about Transformers is when the Transformers are working with the military. That, that stuff is really exciting for me. I, I love that about the first film. Um, and I thought those moments worked in uh, the first three films, at least. Um, this movie is slated for June 24th, 2022. Um, so a little ways out there, but they've got it all done. Um, they also announced some of the Transformers that would be appearing in the films and shared some early designs for Mirage, RC. Nightbird, Air Razor, Rhinox, Op Optimus Primal. That's a little dumb. Let's be honest. Is Optimus Primal... This is like a, a what-if movie kind of thing, Like, right? Like, why is, why is his name Optimus Primal? There's only one Optimus Prime. Is it the same? Is Optimus Prime Optimus Primal? Does he get a new look because he sees all the animal stuff going on? He needs more teeth? Maybe. But uh, the ruthless and scary Terracon leader known as Scourge and a new off-road Camaro version of Bumblebee. There you go. Bumblebee will be in the movie. Um, yeah, so I guess if a new off-road Camaro version of Bumblebee, maybe that sounds like a more primal version of Bumblebee. We're getting maybe Optimus Primal, which would be a primal version of Optimus Prime, obviously. Um, sure, Transformers Seven, keep making them. I won't tell them to stop. It won't. You won't hear it from me. Um, the last piece of news is 
Suicide Squad had a release their third trailer. Uh, and I gotta tell you, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, I almost enjoyed it more than the first trailer, even though I thought the first trailer was just tons of fun. But this one, um, this one's fun in different ways. It allows other the the first trailer was like, hey, here's the characters you know having fun moments. This trailer was, hey, here's some of the characters you don't know having fun moments. And, and that's what I'm excited for with this movie is to see all these other obscure D-class supervillains uh, from the DC universe. Um, and so I, I'm excited for it. I think it looks good. I don't have too much more to say other than they're fighting a starfish, which is interesting. We already saw that in the first um trailer i think the movie looks super funny i hope they're not wasting all their jokes in the trailers but uh i think it'll be a lot of good moments i'm excited for almost like every character at this point because they've shown that almost everyone's getting a good moment right like uh so i'm excited for it for sure uh other than that i don't have too much more to say about it i mean uh, Suicide Squad comes out. Let's see. The Suicide Squad. Release date is August 6th. So it comes out very soon. That's honestly probably the last trailer we're going to get. Um, other than, you know, the prom promotional clips. Um, but it's just really cool. Um, and I think it's funny. So I'm excited for this movie. I, <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I'm as excited for it as I was for the first Suicide Squad. I, I haven't decided yet. Um, you know, that's the dream to be let down twice by a movie of the same title. Uh, so uh, that's the news. Um, I'm going to spend the next couple minutes kind of just remembering where I started Um how I got motivated to do all this. Um, I, I will be saving a lot of it for probably next week. Um, Cause a, a lot of me starting this podcast was with Ian, Ian Rismondo, who's normally on the show with me, but he's in vet school right now. So he's very busy. Um, a lot of me starting this podcast was, was because of him. Um, he was, he was a very big motivational factor that, I, I really appreciated. Um, and at one point I told him, I was like, Hey, I'm only going to do this if you do it with me. Um, and he was like, I don't know if I have the time, but he'd be there when, when it was available. And so I remember that first year, the first year was rough. I probably reviewed what 15 movies tops. Um, and I started in March. Uh, the, the very, the very first movie I reviewed what with Ian was Captain Marvel. We reviewed Captain Marvel. So that was 2019, March of 2019. And I'm happy we started with that one. It, it was a good one to start with, but uh, we were kind of off and on. We we're both still in school. I mean, Ian, Ian's in vet school now and we see how busy it is, but it was similar when we were in college to a lesser extent. Uh, we thought it was similar at the time, <laughs> but uh and so we're, we're busy and not necessarily motivated to, to really get this thing going, but we, we had some ideas. We knew there were some things we wanted to do. 
Um, so like we reviewed an animated movie, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, because we were like, there's got to be a good Suicide Squad movie out there since neither one of us like uh, the 2017 Suicide Squad. Is that what year it came out? 2016? Oh, shoot. I don't know. But um, and so a lot of the stuff at the very beginning was superhero stuff. We did Captain Marvel, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, Avengers Endgame, Watchmen. Um, I think some of these I then did on my own. Um, what we do in the shadows, Taika Waititi's big breakout film, I think. Um, I also did a Korean film along with the gods, the two worlds, um, X-Men dark, dark Phoenix. What a great movie, right? Um, and then how to train your dragon three. Um, let's see what else we got. Spider-Man far from home. Uh, so I think that was already, I think Spider-Man far from home was a November release. Um, Detective Pikachu. No, maybe it was September. Uh, Detective Pikachu. There's Shazam finally, like six months later, because we didn't see it in theaters. Um, Toy Story 4, Joker. Uh, there's Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, so this is already in 2020. Um, but yeah, so Joker was the last film in 2019. So yeah, what was that? Like 10 films, maybe? did 10 films the first year started in March wanted to do this as a weekly show. So I really should have had like 40. Uh, and I just wasn't super motivated that first year. I don't know. I, I didn't totally know what I was doing. I didn't understand what I was doing either. I just wanted to. Um, and so I really only did it with a handful of movies, even though I was still watching movies, I, I just didn't know what I wanted this to be. Um, and I think the, this show is still evolving. Um, I hope it's still evolving um, and continues to evolve with different uh, different moments. Uh, but right now we've really hit a rhythm of doing one movie a week and we've been, I think, successful at it uh, for the past 18 months since uh, the very first week, sorry, the second week, January 8th of 2020, Rise of Skywalker. We've had a show every week. There's a couple of shows in there that we didn't do a movie review, but that's because, again, we weren't sure what to do. COVID hit, and we were like, oh, we can't do new movies. Should we just turn this into whatever? But then we jumped it. We eventually jumped into a bunch of old movies, and it, it was awesome because uh, it's movies that I think a lot of people of our generation haven't had a chance to see. Casablanca, North by Northwest, Psycho. Um, uh, the Just a few months ago, we watched Night of the Living Dead, the original uh, and so like watching some of those classic movies, I, I think that's the, that's the pinnacle of this is that you get the, yeah, at the end of the day, we're huge MCU nerds, uh, we're huge superhero nerds, but there's a whole world of film out there that is so enjoyable and has so much to say. Uh, we watched the blob, like what a, what a great experience watching the blob was. I, I never thought I I'd enjoy that movie as much as I did. Uh, and so like they, there was a ton of movies that, you know, some of them I forced myself to watch for this and wound and found myself enjoying it. And then other movies, you know, I thought I really wanted to watch it for the podcast. And then I was like, I don't know what my review is going to be like tomorrow kind of thing. Um, and so it's been just such a great experience. Um, 
but yeah, we've done pretty much a weekly show for the past 18 months since January of 2020, getting us to number 100 already. Um, and the way I'm counting number 100 is basically before the weekly shows with like Mandalorian, um, <laughs> they're all weekly shows before the TV shows with Mandalorian kind of thing. Um, where we would talk about them every week. Uh, I just counted each of those regardless of what the topic was. Um, I know I have my whole MCU phase four through phase six prediction. I counted those even though they're not movie reviews um, and all the other various fun things. So I just counted them and then started the count at whatever number it was, um, which put this week at number 100 um and then the tv shows uh the, there was a while where we were debating we were like are we gonna do uh a man a mandalorian episode and a movie review the same week are we gonna do that and we didn't even review season one i don't think let, let me double check um maybe i just don't remember <laughs> or maybe we start in the middle of season one uh no yeah we didn't review season one of the Mandalorian because at the time I, I, I was like, I don't know if I want to review the TV shows and, and I didn't have the time. I was still in school. Um, but I finished school at the end of 2019. And so 2020, I was like, all right, a lot more free time. I could do the things I want to do. And then I didn't do uh, Clone Wars breakdown, even though I was watching every episode and I was talking about it with friends, which is kind of what inspired this whole show uh, for, for me to talk about movies and TV shows. And uh, so didn't even do Clone Wars, which I was watching every week. Um, and so we eventually got to Mandalorian season two um, at the end of 2020. And uh, Ian and I were talking off stream, of course, and we were basically talking like, are we going to do a movie and a Mandalorian every week, like for the next eight weeks like that? These episodes are going to turn into three hour shows because we the Mandalorian episodes are one hour. And a lot of times we use an hour because <laughs> there's a lot to lots to break down in that. But we we're like, are we going to watch uh, in <laughs> Constantine and then Mandalorian season two, episode two? and review them the same week on top of all of the movie news and so so there's just a ton of stuff especially on those weeks we had double headers um november 11th of 2020 we reviewed sunshine and the lego star wars holiday special that on top of mandalorian episode we were like i don't know if we want it to be a three-hour show so for now it's not a three-hour show right like i guess in an ideal world it's like an eight-hour show and it's my job but uh we're, we're not in that world yet and that's fine uh well, you got you gotta have something to strive for you know uh and so it, yeah we we worried about that and so we started a saturday show with the mandalorian reviews and then it turned into wandavision reviews and falcon and winter soldier and now uh as, as kind of disney plus has been releasing a lot of these top tier shows um I mean, I'm so excited for when DC releases Green Lantern to break that down weekly um, because that'll be so much fun. Uh, I wish we would have done it. I wish we would have done it for Watchmen because I don't think Ian has watched the Watchmen TV show yet. And I know he loves that movie as much as I do. Um, and I thought it was a great sequel story to both the movie and the comic books um, that I thought was really great. 
so I wish we could have broken that one down weekly. Um, Netflix TV shows, I think I, I haven't figured out yet. I haven't decided what to do with them. Um, I, from what I see, a lot of other people just do like one episode for like the whole season. I'm not necessarily the kind of person to binge an entire show in the same day. So to review it like two days after it comes out would be pretty hard. Um, because I'll watch like two or three episodes a day. Um, and so I haven't quite figured out the Netflix solution yet for TV shows. Um, but I, I did talk about shadow and bone, I think a little bit after I watched it. Uh, maybe I thought I did, uh, <laughs> about season one. Um, and and that was the other thing is we we got a lot of other streaming movies in there and it kind of made me realize um and i think it's something that made everyone realize including like the oscars <laughs> that some of these movies that streaming services are putting out are really of a high quality um and we knew that i knew that but uh you know it was all about going to see the new movie theater movie that that was the idea I had in my head, but then I've been reviewing some Netflix movies and some of them have been super good. I mean, I really enjoyed army of the dead. We did, uh, I did woman, woman in the window, um, which was a spectacular film, super interesting. Um, very mysterious. And so like doing more Netflix films, I'm like, man, it's certainly making my job harder that I got to be more aware. It's hard enough being aware of what's coming out in the movie theaters week to week. These every once in a while, some movie sneaks up on you. But now to also be aware of what's going on Netflix, what's going on Amazon Prime, what's going on HBO Max, on Disney Plus. And so like there's so many different places I need to look and be aware of to pick like what movie we're reviewing. Should we be doing a double header this week kind of thing? And you end up missing a lot of movies, I think. Um, and that's one thing I've been realizing. And so it's something I definitely want to fix in the near future to at least, even if it's not for the show, I just want to watch some of those movies I've missed just in the past few months, um, just to there, there being so many released so often. Um, but at the same time, you got to balance watching movies with reviewing movies, right? You can't be watching a movie while you're reviewing it. So <laughs> Uh, or reviewing a different movie. And so yeah, it's a balance that I, I'm still trying to find. I, I think it's early. I hope this is early in the show. <laughs> you know, I, I hope this can continue for, for 50 years, however long, uh, till I don't want to do it anymore. And so uh, the the this being the beginning of the third year, kind of since March, or second year, third year, one, two, yeah, th this is part of the third year. Um, and uh, that that would be early in the show's lifespan, I guess. Um, and, and it's also been a, a really good opportunity, I think, for uh, at least just amongst uh, Ian Taylor and I, because before uh, we integrated with Twitch, which we started this year in 2021, uh, before we integrated with Twitch, we weren't really getting any feedback whatsoever um there there's no chat in the podcast format um a lot of people don't leave reviews so so there's almost no feedback uh but having the chat feature in twitch 
um, it, it's made the show show a lot more fun, a lot more engaging. Uh, you can have the conversation. You can talk about movies you haven't talked about in 10 years because that movie means a ton to someone else. Um, and so it reminds you of some childhood experience or whatever. And, and those are the moments that I really enjoy that this show, I think, can can give people, at least it gives me that. Um, that that's what I get out of doing this. And so I'm super happy I integrated with Twitch um, to doing a live show uh, just to get that that chat feature using. Uh, and then um, and then also as, as an opportunity to to talk about obscure movies. I mean, that that one period of time during The Mandalorian, like I was talking about Sunshine, um, that <laughs> within a series of weeks um here, here's what yeah, yeah i'll start here we we did hubie halloween and the mummy from 1959 we did the wrong mummy movie i'm pretty sure that's okay though um i didn't really like this one i think the other one's better it's okay though um because we got to watch it and have an opinion about it um then we did the blob then scooby-doo the movie and scooby-doo the movie uh was taylor's first episode on the show and I, I remember I was like, we, Ian and I were talking and we we're like, we should do Scooby-Doo next week um, just because it was such a, <laughs> such a pinnacle film of our childhood. Uh, and the moment he said that, I was like, we got to get Taylor on the show because Taylor talks about Scooby-Doo like once a month. <laughs> uh, so we had to get Taylor on the show to talk about Scooby-Doo, the movie. Uh, we did that, but then... Uh, I never thought Taylor would ever sit through this movie. Uh, but Ian was like, Hey, do you know what's an obscure DC movie that none of us have seen is Constantine. Um, and so we all watched Constantine for the first time by with Keanu Reeves and Constantine at the time we watched it um, still had that negative buzz around it. And when we watched it, we were all like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's okay. I mean, it's one of those films that, I love the early 2000s uh, superhero films. I don't know why, because I understand that some of them are very simplistic in their storytelling. They're not very deep, um, sometimes one-dimensional characters. But for some reason, I mean, I grew up with them. I just love them. And watching Constantine, I was like, wow, here's a new one that is more of the same. I, I love it. Um, and then like shortly a week later or something, there was that leak that there might be a Constantine too, <laughs> um, but it's still in the works. And so like the, those, those are the things that I think are, are really funny. Um, that same thing happened with uh, Tron. We reviewed Tron and Tron Legacy. I'll talk more about this next week with Ian because him and I were having a hoot about it. Um that we reviewed Tron and Tron Legacy, and then next week they're talking about Tron 3, um, you know, a movie that hasn't had a sequel in 10 years. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then after Constantine, we did Sunshine. You've probably never heard of the movie Sunshine, it has a very low budget, but it has some of the most recognizable actors you've ever seen. It has Chris Evans, um, it has Benedict Wong, it has now I'm losing the name, everyone's names. But it has a lot of recognizable names uh, in the movie. And it was super good. Sunshine was a super good movie. Super interesting. Um, but it's a movie that like 
I had never heard about it until Ian told me about it. And Ian told me about this movie and he was like, but if we watch it, we have to watch this completely unrelated movie that is called moon. So we watched sunshine. Then we watched moon um, completely unrelated. They have nothing to do with one another, but moon again, very low budget movie. Um, it has like five cast members total, but the main cast member, Sam Rockwell and, it's that movie was super interesting. Um, I loved that movie. Um, I really liked both of them, but uh, the moon was such a character piece. Um, and so interesting about this story about this person on the moon all by themselves. Um, and so like it was that, and then we did like Lego star Wars holiday special, you know? <laughs> So it tons of fun um, that, that you get such a mix, but it becomes this thing. The following week we did galaxy quest, which was a movie that I had seen. My parents showed me Ian and Taylor hadn't seen. Um, I don't know how much Taylor liked it, but I think Ian was on board with it. Um, and it, this show has given us an opportunity to catch up on the movies from the past that obviously we weren't alive to see. So didn't get a chance to such as the Casablanca North by Northwest kinds of movies. Um, the man who knew too much, but to be clear, the wrong man who knew too much, we watched the less popular one. We seem to do that a lot. We, we pick a movie, an old movie. We watched the mummy. We watched the man who knew too much. And both times we picked the wrong one, the one that most people don't talk about. Um, but there's kind of a fun element to that, that like we had seen the one that no one else had seen kind of thing. <laughs> um, now granted didn't necessarily like him very much, but, uh, uh, well, I take that back, but yeah. And so there's a ton of, uh, but then also the galaxy quest of it all where like, it was a movie that I loved as a kid, um, and still do love. And it gave me an opportunity to share that with Ian and Taylor and with everyone throughout this show. Um, and I've had other people suggest movies to me, um, whether they suggested it on Twitch or to me in person. They're like, hey, you should review this movie. And I threw it on the list and we eventually got to it, reviewed it, and it was worth it because all, all I'm convinced all movies mean something to someone. Um, and it doesn't mean all movies are likable, <laughs> but uh, all movies mean something to someone. They're all just about stories. Um, and some of them are more unique stories than other, but they all have something to say. And that that's just that that's what I want to talk about is what what these movies have to say, you know, um, and how well they they say it. You know, the, the cinematography aspect of it all, the screenwriting aspect, the acting. Uh, how well do they accomplish what they set out to do? And uh, that that's the fun of doing this show. Um, so this is episode 100. Here's to another 100 and maybe even another 1,000. You know, I, I don't know if it's another. Here's to 1,000 minimum. I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm still enjoying this. Uh, I, I love talking about movies. And if, if any of you want to talk about movies with me, just join in the chat, twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, where we can talk about movies all day. Uh, not all day, but, you know, whenever I'm online. Uh, 
and we talk about movies and you share what what movies speak to you you know uh what what you thought about the latest marvel movie the latest uh drama the latest whatever is out um or or even tv shows i don't watch too much tv but we still talk about it um and, and that's the fun it is at the end of the day we're just talking about stories um and everybody's got a story to tell so that's what i love about doing this show this is episode 100. I'm super grateful for everyone who's listening to me, uh, to me and to us um, <laughs> uh, at Unanimous Indecision because we're we're just trying to make it, you know, um, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. So really appreciate you tuning in even for just 20 minutes, 30 minutes or listening to the whole episode, listening to every episode, or if you're here just for the bad batch or for just the movie reviews, cause you don't like all that nerdy stuff. Um, then that's fine. Whatever floats your boat where the goal is to do it all. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you, you all enjoy the, the things we're providing cause we're going to keep providing it whether you like it or not. Um, hundred episodes i'm kind of amazed about it um it's technically like if i were to just count every specific podcast episode i think this is 130 um if i count all those standalone shows um but for strictly the the movie reviews even though some of them aren't movie reviews because they that was one of the changes i made so before it was okay um to not do a movie review every week um a hundred episodes of that. I'm just, I'm amazed. It's triple digits. It's awesome. Uh, I hope I'm this excited when I hit 200. Um, I mean, I, I remember being super excited, just hitting 50, um, how, hitting that 50th episode. I was like, man, I've been doing this a while. Okay. Cause like 50, if you think about it as weekly, that's basically a year, 52 is a year. And so that's what got me really excited about it. And then when the second year passed, it almost felt so natural. I almost didn't even notice. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily have too much else to say. Uh, I'll of course be reminiscing more about the past hundred episodes. Um, if Ian joins me next week, I know he's been super busy. He has some really big exams coming up. Uh, but if he's here next week, we'll we'll be talking all kinds of things that that we reviewed. Uh, some maybe our favorite movies, some maybe our least favorite movies. Uh, the craziest things that, that we talked about during it. I don't know. It, it'll be fun. Um, that'll be episode 101. Wow. There we go. Um, anyways, that's probably where I'm going to wrap the show up. Uh, but just as a reminder, next Wednesday, I think it's next Wednesday, Fast and Furious 9, F9 is finally out. Um, that's going to be next week's movie review uh, for episode 101, Fast Furious 9. And that'll be Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then Friday, this Friday and every Friday, I guess, uh, for the next four Fridays, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we'll be doing Loki discussions uh, about this past episode. This is Loki episode three on Friday. And then Bad Batch noon Eastern time we'll be doing a bad batch episode nine uh, like we have been doing for the past couple of weeks. So that's a ton of fun. Share your thoughts and theories with us. I love to hear them, love to read them. Um, I can tell you how crazy they are, or maybe you're, you're actually a genius and you'll write a first sentence, you know, um, like that one 
Transformers article. That was so confusing to me. But uh, yeah, that's the show. I'm Joshua Troop. This is Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.